It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix, and joining me as always is Naomi from twinfo.com.au. Hey, how are you going this week, Naomi? I am excellent, Nikki. How are you? I am so fantastic. I can't wait to get into all the topics we're going to talk about this week. We've got a massive show on the way. We do, and I'm so excited because there is so much that people are going to relate to and that we can share with people. Yeah, look, coming up this week, we are going to be talking about those long car trips with multiples. We touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I've got to say, Naomi, I've got a bit of a story. You will not believe what I have resulted to doing to keeping my kids awake in the car. Oh, no, this sounds great. What are you doing? I'll tell you very shortly. We're also going to be talking about health issues in the first trimester. And, Naomi, you recently had a twin birthday in your house. We have our girl and boy twins, Alexis and Oliver, turned eight. It was an amazing day and I can't wait to share with you what we got up to. We'll find out more details about that and more. And, of course, you can join our conversation on our Facebook page. You can indeed. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. Stay with us. Up next, we're going to talk about this car trip. What have I been doing? It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com. Now, Naomi, a couple of weeks ago, because we do a thing on this podcast called Our Weekly Wins and Our Weekly Struggles, and I confess to you that my weekly struggle was my kids falling asleep in the car during car trips and then not being able to get them back to sleep at night. And there's nothing worse than having children that are awake to 10pm at night. Yeah, well, this is what we've been going through, and it's like a dance party erupts in our house at night now because I'm doing a lot of sort of 40-minute-plus trips, and I have been absolutely racking my brains as to what to do to keep them awake. And you know when you can see it happening? You're driving along, and you look in the rearview mirror, and you can see the the head getting heavy, the eyelids starting to go, and you go into mum panic mode going, no, I'm going to lose them. You do, and you can see the head nod, and you're just like, no, what can we do? How can we stop this? So I've been trying snacks. I've been trying songs. I've been trying everything that I can think of. Um, The boys love watching their iPad. Keeps one of them awake. But my other little one who struggles a little bit anyway, he is the one that keeps falling asleep. And I don't know whether this is a good parenting moment or a bad parenting moment, but I have to confess what I did the other week, Naomi. I actually – I actually, I saw him going, the head was nodding, the eyelids were getting heavy. I pulled over on a side street off a highway. Now, I will say it was a side street, so we were perfectly safe. There was no danger to the kids. And I've actually, I feel brutal saying this. My God, I actually got my kid out of the car and sat him upright, like holding him on the side of the road in the cold air so that it would jolt and wake him up. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Am I a bad oh, no, mum? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I feel so terrible saying that, but I am that desperate to keep this kid awake because he will not go to sleep. Even if he has a 10-minute nap, he won't go to sleep till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and I just can't do it. And so I, I've literally pulled over now and got him out of the car, put him in the cold air, stopped the car to wake him up. Oh, I feel brutal. Do you know what, though? There is absolutely no judgment here because the biggest thing that I always say to other people when they tell me they're expecting multiples is you do what you need to do to get through this. I can't imagine what the people who are driving by are thinking, like, what is that woman doing? She's just sitting her son on the side of the road. <laughs> I don't leave him there. Out there and, 
you know, doing some star jumps on the side of the rotaries and get the blood flowing. Well, that, if I could, if he was old enough, that little bit older, I'd be like, okay, let's get out, let's stretch. But being only three and a half, and once I've realised he's at that point, he's almost like that really heavy weight. So I'm sort of having to sit him up and go, come on, buddy, come back to me, come on, mate. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> but look, we put it out a couple of weeks ago on our Facebook page. Um, I am looking for any tips to keep my twins awake in the car. We've got a couple of comments coming through. We do. We've had a few people go to our Facebook page, Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. So Teresa has said snacks in their own little containers that take a little bit of work to open and get everything out. That's a really good point, Teresa, because I've been giving the boys snacks, but I've been doing the handing it, uh, you know, over the back and opening everything, but putting them in their own containers and making an activity for them. That's a great idea. I hadn't thought about that. Well, it is until they drop it, probably. But anyway, that's another another podcast issue. Well, we, or throw it at my head, which also happened in the middle of a long drive the other day. Nothing like a banana skin at your head, I can tell you that. Uh, Donna's also put a comment here, singing songs. That's always a good one. They take turns to choose them and then they sing the words and they change the words. That's a good idea. Uh, Bringing the kids' names into things and stuff like that. We have tried a bit of singing and I must admit in the last couple of weeks it has helped. Actually, you know, we do the same thing as Donna. I hadn't even thought about that until she just mentioned it. But in the Barbar Black Sheep, I've always said um, one for Alexis and one for Oliver. And then I say, and one for the pair of twins that lives down the lane. And they always giggle at her. Oh, my God. I've never thought of that. So you change out the master and dame and put the kids' names in. Yes, which is what Donna suggested on the Facebook page. But we do that as well. And then at the end, because we've only got the twins, Mm. So I will say one for Alexis instead of the master, uh, sorry, one for Oliver instead of the master, one for Alexis instead of the dame. Yeah. And then um, my last the one twins. is one for the pair of twins that lives down the lane. Oh, there you go. We're rewriting song lyrics here as well. <laughs> we, we would. I'd sing it for you, but you have no idea. My singing voice is terrible. Actually, do you know what? That's probably what's kept my kids away from the car is how bad my singing voice is. <laughs> do you know, sometimes I don't know about anyone else. But have you ever done the sneaky turn the radio up because the kids are just screaming so much? You're just like, I'm just going to block it out and listen to what's on the radio. That's hilarious. Yes, I have. Because, um, <laughs> and they're like, Mom, Mom, say- and you're like, nah, right now I'm in the middle of a Katy Perry song. Leave me alone. <laughs> and if the song has got a really good beat to it, you can just, I just will nod my head and pretend I'm really cool and rocking it out to the car and not that I'm trying to block the kids screaming out in the back. Yeah, exactly. You've got to do what it keeps you going. Uh, look, we've got some other comments just quickly, some more tips on keeping my kids awake. Uh, Jenny's got one there, Naomi. That's a really good one. I like this one. So she also says, yes, definitely the snacks, but she plays games with the electric window going up and down because they think it's hilarious and it also creates a breeze that wakes them up. Oh, that is such a good idea. I've only had one incident with a window, though. Um, I put the windows down halfway so the kids could say goodbye, put them up, and Hunter completely lost it and was devastated for about 20 minutes screaming at me, why had his window gone back up again? So I'm scared of them. Oh, no. Um, have you got the, in your car, have you got the lock at the front so they can't play with the button? Yeah, I've got the child lock on the window so we control it. So I'd put his window down and then i put it back yeah. up and, of course, because he wasn't in control of it and he has issues with that, he completely lost it. But maybe Jenny's right. Maybe I need to just persevere and keep that breeze keeping him awake. Uh, Chrissy's also well, jumped on there and said the DVD, good old DVD player. You know what? I had that and it broke. So uh, maybe I need to reinvest in one of those. 
We never went down the DVD track um, because, I, like, you can buy the dual screen ones where yeah. you just put the one DVD in and they both watch the same thing, which obviously then cuts out the arguments. Mm. But what do you do if you've got triplets? What how, what does the, the third one in the middle watch? Well, I'd love to hear from any of our triplets or more families. Um, like, what do you do if you've got more than, yeah, as you said, two? Um, do you go the iPad in the middle? But then again, it's all got to be in sync. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, triplet parents. Please let us know what you do when you've got three across the back about watching, um, I don't know, try DVD players. Yeah, love to hear from you. How do you get across that? And look, if you've also got a tip on uh, helping us keep our twins awake in the car, jump onto our Facebook page, contribute to the conversation. Stick around because up next we're going to discuss health issues in the first trimester. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birds podcast with myself, Nix and Naomi. Now, Naomi, we've been talking all things about uh, falling pregnant, finding out you were pregnant with multiple telling your family, and now it's on to the first stage. Uh, the first gestation can be quite brutal. Uh, many people are getting all sorts of different symptoms as a result of particularly twin pregnancy, which is even worse. Uh, for you, did you have any kind of effects in your first trimester? Oh, Nikki, people are probably going to hate me, but I literally had none. Wow, really? Literally. And you know what? That, I think that just exacerbated my anxiety because yeah. we had lost and had the miscarriage of the twins previously, yeah. I kept thinking that my lack of symptoms, of pregnancy symptoms that I'd heard about mm. and dreamed about having mm. weren't happening. You actually dreamed almost of having symptoms just so you could feel that you were pregnant and going through those stages. Is that is that what you wanted? Yeah, I wanted to know. Mm. I wanted to feel like I was pregnant and I just felt nothing. That's a really I, good I, point. Let me tell you, mm. I gagged twice. Really? That's it. I gagged twice. Wow. And one was that we had some old prawn heads in the garbage bin. Yeah. And I went to empty the garbage bin and I got a whiff of it and I, I gagged. And I said to Dave, oh, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to take the rubbish out. I can't do it. Wow. And he just laughed at me and said, of course, and took it out. Yeah. And then the other time I sniffed some meat just to check it was okay. And yeah. again, I gagged. Now, and, what wow. the listeners don't know about me is I'm actually a vegetarian. Oh, wow. So, I probably gagged anyway. I would have gagged anyway, even if I wasn't pregnant. Yeah, I was, was going to say the prawns and that sort of thing, that would make me gag normally anyway. Well, exactly. But I'm taking that as that's how I felt in the first trimester. They were my sickness symptoms. Wow. And that was literally all you had. There was one other very, very, very small incident. Yeah. Um, we were on the train going into work. Dave and I, we caught the train together in the morning mm-hmm. and the train just stopped waiting for a signal change or something as it does. Mm. But um, the air conditioning went off yeah. and it got really hot in there. And I, I don't mean to be rude, but I was sitting next to a rather smelly person. Yeah. And as the um, air conditioning was off, it just got a bit hotter and smellier. And I just looked at Dave and I said, I'm not feeling well. And I just kind of mouthed that because I don't even think people realised we were together because we were sitting opposite each other. Just, and just two like, strangers on a train. <laughs> yeah, and he was looking quite concerned at me. And then mm. I was like, oh, my gosh, do I, I think I might be going to pass out here. Oh. But then literally straight away the, the train started, the air conditioning came on and we moved. And then we, we were only, uh, I don't know, 50 metres from the station. So we opened and then the doors opened and the fresh air came in and I was totally fine. Oh, my goodness. What about exhaustion? Were you tired? Were you really fatigued at all? Actually, I must say, I did feel like I'd been hit by a bus for a while there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 
um, I would come home from work and if I didn't walk in the door and cook dinner straight away, we didn't eat. Yeah, you got too tired uh, and it was just I was tired, but that yeah. was the only symptom I had. Yeah, wow. Was, but I, used to, I relished in that tiredness, Nikki, because yeah. I was like, I'm pregnant. I feel tired. This is great. Yeah, my body's my body's doing everything they can to keep these little people alive, and that's why I'm it, so tired. Absolutely. So I actually I wanted to be sick. Isn't that a funny thing? Yeah. I actually wanted to have vomiting and stuff, just so I could say, oh yes, I've got really bad morning sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's what some people. You? Well, it's an interesting one because, like you, I didn't get physically sick, but that's because I'm like I'm a non-vomiter because I absolutely hate it. So I think my body does everything it possibly can to stop me from physically being sick. But every single morning, I was at that point. I felt like I was going to be sick. I couldn't eat. I felt nauseous all the time, and I was working in breakfast radio. And, um, oh, so your morning started really early. Yeah, so my mornings are 4 o'clock. And to be honest, when you're getting up at 4 o'clock on the best of days and you're not pregnant with multiples, you're still feeling a bit nauseous because your body never quite gets used to it. But all through the shows, I'd have to stand up and walk outside. And at this stage, my co-host didn't know that I was pregnant. So I was making a lot of excuses to constantly leave the studio. Like, oh, just, you know, I'm going to go get another glass of water or something. And I was often just standing, at, standing up walking outside because I just felt so overwhelmingly nauseous all the time. But it went right throughout the day. I never got downtime and it meant that I literally, I never felt like I wanted to eat and I felt really bloated all the time right through the first, well, right through my pregnancy. And I just found like literally all I ate was blueberries and nuts, trail mix. Oh, that's funny. So, I mean, breakfast radio, did you have breakfast before you left? Although, look, I literally couldn't eat. So I wasn't the best person at eating before I went to work anyway, but normally I'd have a snack when I was sort of getting through my morning on air or that sort of thing. But I just found I couldn't put anything in my mouth. It would it would drive me to that point where I felt like I was going to be sick. And then right throughout the day, if I tried to eat a meal like a sandwich or uh, anything substantial, I couldn't even face it. So literally, Chris would send me to work every day with a punnet of blueberries and just some trail mix. And that is what I lived on for the first three months. That's And I swear... I I used to say my kids are going to come out blue Smurfs because of the amount of blueberries I ate. It was the only thing I could actually stomach. That's hilarious. And do you know what, though? You picked really expensive food. I know. You could have had, like, you know, <laughs> the cheap crackers that you can buy for 99 cents from, yes. that most other people survive on. But, oh, no, you had to be blueberries and trail mix. Yeah, I know, right? Not bananas, which are cheap. It had to be blueberries. And it was, like, out of season too. Um, but the other thing that I experienced, Amy, and this threw me completely threw me and I want to put this out there because it's a bit of an awkward conversation to have but we said we'd warts and all with this podcast and I want other parents other multiple mums to know in case they've gone through it or if they're just finding out these things um I suffered massively from chronic constipation and I'm sorry to bring this up but it was horrific I remember walking up and down my street at seven o'clock at night in tears just trying to get my body going with the hope of getting some sort of bowel movement because I was in pain to the point Naomi I ended up in hospital Oh, no, yeah. really? Yeah, I had to take myself to the emergency room because I was in that much pain and that much discomfort. I ended up having to go on, on stool softeners and stuff that um, they said I was allowed to take. I was drinking so much water, but at the same time I was feeling so sick. Um, and I, just all the resources were going back into these these two little bubs and my body just like literally couldn't cope. And the constipation was crippling. 
Oh, you poor thing. I bet you tried every kind of natural thing out there oh, as well. Yeah, and I would try and pick, you know, hence why I was living on blueberries a lot because I was trying to live on, you know, choose things that I could try and stomach. But here I was in this awful predicament where I couldn't stomach anything, but then I was ridiculously constipated so I couldn't get all the foods and fibre into me to try and, you know, push my bowel movements through. It sounds disgusting and I'm sorry to our listeners, but it's the reality and I had no idea about it before, you know, I was in that that situation. And you know what? That's the one thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about that kind of stuff, the hidden things that, you know, they're uncomfortable to talk about. They're embarrassing to talk about. Well, you've come to the right place here because we're going to talk about everything. That's it. We're going to talk um, about poo movements. (laughs) Absolutely. But, I mean, we'd love to hear what your remedies were for constipation because I'm sure that Nick is not the only person that suffered it. So head to Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast, and tell us about your cures for your constipation when you were pregnant. Yeah, and look, I should say, uh, you know, the very mild feelings of morning sickness that I had throughout the day, compared to I know what what some people go through, of course there is the extreme morning sickness. Um, And you know a little bit more about that. I think there's some info out there. There is, yes. So if you head to the Twinfo page and search for, now you have to excuse my pronunciation, I'm just going to say HG, and it's the thing that Kate Middleton had because that's how I first heard about it. Um, but if you search, head to the twinfo.com.au page and search for it in the search bar, you will hear some stories of some women that had it so badly. Mm. It's just amazing. I, I, I had never heard of it yeah. until, I, until I started publishing their blogs. And some of them, honestly, they almost brought tears to my eyes because mm. there's one picture of this lady and she's got her twins in the middle and she's got a love heart mm. around the edge of all of her medication that wow. she had to take to stop her from vomiting and all of her hospital trips. My and goodness. it's just amazing. Oh, Some of these gosh. women were in hospital every other day. Yeah. Wow, absolutely amazing. And look, if you're going through that stage at the moment, it can be so difficult. I know some women struggle with it right throughout their pregnancy, unfortunately. But hold on because I do believe it is another way of your body providing nourishment to your babies. So it's so hard that it is. Uh, those resources at twinfo.com.au will certainly help you. And you know, there is actually another story. Um, she had it so badly with her singleton that when she found out she was pregnant with twins, she actually considered aborting them. <gasps> oh, my God. Wow. She was so sick. And oh. she ended up spending the majority of her pregnancy in hospital oh. as a result of the, the absolute extreme sickness that she had. Oh. But at one stage there, right when she first found out it was yeah, twins, because she much. had heard that twins were going to make greater greater morning Mm. sickness and all of that kind of stuff. And she just didn't actually think that she could cope with it again. But she did, and she has the most amazing, beautiful baby. And it's a fabulous story. So just head to twinfo.com.au and search for it and you'll find it because it's a beautiful story. Yeah, and don't forget to share your stories. What did you go through in the first trimester with illnesses? Uh, We're helping each other out here. Head to our Facebook page. In the meantime, stick around because we're going to be talking a little bit birthday celebrations. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. Now, Naomi, you recently celebrated a twin birthday. We have indeed. Alexis and Oliver turned eight about uh, two weeks ago. Oh, well, congratulations. First of all, like I said at the time, for making it to eight. That seems a mile away from me. Thank you so much because I actually really believe, and I'm sure it's the same with singletons, but with multiples, I really believe that the birthday is also about the 
parents because, my gosh, you've survived another year. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We were talking about this the other day, myself and Chris, and we were saying like you, you almost have to get a bottle of champagne for the birthday just to celebrate your own, well, everyone's survival, I think. I think you do. Um, I went to the, um, the multiple birth conference um, for our state seminar and we got a little bottle of Moe and it was just a few days before our kids' birthday. But I actually saved that for their birthday and I cracked it and I drank the little bottle by myself on their birthday because I deserved it. You did. You definitely did. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this back up is because I've seen a little bit of uh, social stuff on your page about what your kids actually got given for their birthday. Before we get to the details of this particularly amazing experience they seem to have gone on, um, I mean, I'm still at the three-year-old stage. So last birthday, it was pretty... Pretty much you get everything. You get the same bike, you got the same helmets, you get the same everything and just move forward. But once you get to eight, uh, what situation are you up to present-wise by now? So, yeah, we've definitely moved on past getting the same gift in two different colours. Mm. Um, we are now more about what they're into. And the one big thing, this came out actually last year. Uh, we went and we bought them. We really had gotten into the Lego well and truly into the Lego mm. and they both had these sets that they had their eyes on and we were at the Toys R Us I think it was because they had a sale on on a Lego and Lego so expensive yeah. um, but anyway we went and we chose the two sets and then Dave said to me oh Alexis's is only half the price of the one that Oliver oh. has chosen we need to get her another set and then I looked at him he looked at me and I said no we don't and he was like, oh, but it's not fair. You know, his was $100, hers was only $50. And I said, but that's the one she wants. I said, she doesn't understand what yep. how much $100 is or how much $50 yeah, is. She right. wants that set. Yeah, right. So because they don't know the value of money yet, you can still really – it's about – the quantity or the size or those sorts of things because that's what I'm already picking up on. Like it's, you know, because the kids at three have only just started getting that awareness and we even with little things, uh, little treats, it's like, oh, his is bigger than mine or his is a different colour to mine. You know, are you still at that stage where it's the same number of presents takes precedence over the value? Definitely. It's the same number. They're not as concerned about the size of the present. That was definitely a thing when they were three. Mm. However, now it's just making sure we have the same number of presents. And I I tell you, I kid you not, we are, the night before, we're out there frantically counting to make sure we've got the exact same number of presents and making sure that, you know, everything is equal. But the money side of things hasn't kicked in yet. I'm sure later on it will do. But at the moment it's just more about the number of presents. Yeah, because it'd be really interesting because I guess particularly boy-girl, I'm interested in that side of it because I imagine that uh, even with boy-boy, because mine are fraternal boys, they already express huge, hugely different interests, but eventually they're still sort of boys, so they'll play a train set together or whatever. But I imagine by the time you're getting to eight-year-old boy-girl, you're probably seeing some huge differences in their interests. We have, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we've tried to raise them just as children as opposed to a boy and a girl, but we have tried to raise them in a sort of gender neutral way. Not that Mm. Alexis automatically gets the pink one and Oliver automatically gets the blue one. I mean, we just, if anything, I'll try and buy, I don't know, red and green or or green and orange or something like that Mm. if it's possible. Unfortunately, a lot of things only come in blue and pink. And so then people will automatically give the pink one to Alexis and the blue one to Oliver. Mm. But in saying that, it is very obvious that nature versus nurture in raising these two children, Oliver is very interested. Oh, let's move it back even 
a couple of years ago, Oliver was definitely interested into trucks and diggers and all of that kind of stuff, whereas Lexus was more so into colouring in and more, I guess, what society mm. deems as more girly things. Alexis has never been into dolls, I must say, um, and Barbies and everything like that. She doesn't own any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a really interesting one. You've opened up a can of worms there, and I think we've got a. I've just made a note as we go that we've got to come back and revisit this topic because you've reached, you've you've raised a really good point that I would love to talk more about. Uh, we will come back to that on another episode. But uh, you did have an extremely amazing experience that either you gifted or was gifted to your kids for their birthday. Tell us more about this. We did. So um, our children are in year two at school, and they're currently still in the same class. So last year was our children, even though they turned seven, it was their first, uh, sorry, second ever party. I just, we, we couldn't face parties. They had one when they turned four and that was it. So last year, because it was the last year I could guarantee they were in the same class at school, I said, no, let's have a class party. You can invite the entire class. Yep. As it turned out, they happened to be in the same class again this year. And um, they really wanted to do something for their birthday as opposed to just have a party. Mm. So we had to talk about a lot of things and a lot of the options out there are really expensive. You're looking at $30, $35 a head. Yeah, so much. And when you're talking about inviting the entire class, that's, you know. It does, it adds up. Yeah. Children, that adds up significantly. Yeah. Anyway, I put my thinking cap on and I thought, right, how can I do this cheaply? And I came up with there's this new BMX track in Brisbane that the council has built. It's brilliant. People use it for scooters, skateboards, BMXs and all of that. And it's free. It's out in the open and it's got toilets, you know, it's fenced off and it ticks all the boxes. And I thought, great, we'll go there. Yep. As a result, I did say to them they could invite both classes. Yeah. Now, it does turn out that my twins actually share a birthday with another set of twins. Oh, what? Yep. And those at the same happen- school? No. Not no. At the okay. same school. Yep. In the same house. We have a second set of twins that I haven't oh, shared with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so we have twin rescue kittens. And I kid you not, they were born on the same day as my twin human children. Did you hunt this out, Naomi? Did you go, you know what would be great is if my twins have twins on the same day? Absolutely not. So we just adopted these cats. Yeah, And when we picked up the paperwork and we signed it all over at the vet, I paid the money. Though it was very cheap because they were rescue kittens. They paid the you know $100 fee or whatever it was. And I then I got the paperwork and we walked walking out and I looked at the birth date and I turned back to the vet and I said to her, did you make this up wow. or did my children tell you? And she looked at me just <laughs> to say, what? And I'm like, the date of birth. And she's like... Oh, did I put different ones on there? Because, no, they were born out of the same litter. She thought she'd made a mistake. And I said, no. I said, that's the same date as my twins' birthday. How incredible. So we have two sets of twins that share a birthday in our house, and I love it. Oh, my God, that is amazing. And you could not have picked that if you tried. No. And I, you know what? I Absolutely. I'm a little bit of a crazy cat lady. I'll have to share a photo of our twin kittens because they're quite adorable. But as a result, the BMX track that we were going to also shares the car park with the animal refuge. Yeah. And that's the place where you can go and adopt kittens yeah. or cats or whatever it is. Yeah. And so I had a little chat to our kids driving to school one morning and I just said, you know, rather than in getting presents, why don't we ask our friends for a donation to the animal refuge? Amazing. Amazing. And 
So all of that, to his credit, and I have no problem about this, he was a seven-year-old boy. He said to me, oh, does that mean we don't get any presents? And I explained to him, no, no, honey, it's fine. You'll still get presents from us. You'll get presents from your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, and all of that kind of thing. It just means that your school friends won't give you a present. They will give a present to the cats and the dogs and everything that's at the sanctuary. Mm. Wow. And they both agreed to that. They thought that was absolutely a perfect idea. In saying that, I did promise they would still get some presents, so they're not, you know. But what a great way. I mean, you've taken their birthday and you've turned that into a learning experience where not only do they understand that you don't always necessarily get presents and, hey, sometimes, you know, kids don't get presents for their birthday, uh, but not only that, but you can do something and give back. And do you know how much we gave back? We gave several wheelbarrows full of food and a couple wheelbarrows because I asked uh, the parents to donate their old linen. So yeah. we had towels and sheets and things. Um, so that helped them because it cleaned out their cupboards. And find- we donated mm. so much stuff to the Animal Welfare League. It was amazing. How did you find the response from the other kids' parents when you told them, hey, we don't want you to bring presents for our kids this year. We want you to donate. They were so happy. Mm. I had a couple of people say to me after the event, thank you for showing us that showing our children that there's another way to do birthdays. Yeah. And a lot of other people were sort of saying, oh, we're going to do this as well. My children really like tigers. Maybe we can donate to the Tigers of Dreamworld. Fantastic. So good. Look, I know that I've seen on your Facebook page, and I'd love you to share it on our uh, Talking Twins page, the wheelbarrows and and the photos. It's just incredible. But it's such a good idea, Naomi, if people are wanting to think outside the square for twins' birthdays. Amazing. And it is because, I mean, don't get me wrong, our children want for nothing. Toys, plastic, fantastic, all of that kind of stuff. It's so cheap these days. So for us to be able to teach our children a lesson, for me, meant more than what they donated, I guess. Naomi, that's absolutely incredible. And look, if you've got a story about something that you did differently for a birthday, please do head onto our Facebook page, Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. We're going to wrap it up with our wins and our struggles next. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. Now we're going to go on to talk about our weekly struggle and our weekly win. I always like to end the week on a win. So, Nix, let's talk about your struggle first. Okay, my struggle this week, and Naomi, this has been my struggle for the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to put it out there because it's probably not going to go away, is as you can hear every so often, you'll hear a child on this podcast. <laughs> I am struggling desperately with the balance of finding care, uh, finding space for myself and also getting what I want done. So uh, my struggle is sometimes just getting through this podcast with these kids. And you know what? I think that everybody out there is going to relate to that. I certainly do. Even now at eight, sometimes I think, my goodness, I just want five minutes to have a shower by myself. Yeah, that's it. And look, we totally changed, as I said in the very first episode of this podcast, that I totally changed my work situation only a couple of months ago. I'm still struggling to get my head around it. And the thing that I'm struggling hardest with is I try and put up strategies so that I can have a block of time to get something done for myself, whether it's record this or check some emails, but it is so hard to actually get through it. Um, for listeners who are listening to this, sometimes we've had to stop and restart because I've had to go and wipe bottoms or, you know, make toast and poor Naomi's sitting on the end of the line waiting for me. And that, at the moment, I'm struggling with it. But I also know that um, across the twin community, people won't mind that my kids are screaming in the background every so often. Absolutely. I think that's just multiple birth life. It is. What about your struggle this week? Well, so last week I talked about my eight-year-old daughter's attitude. Yes. Well, I'm now slightly embarrassed to tell you that it actually turned out she was quite sick. 
Oh, no. I know. I feel a little bit bad about that. That's okay. I will say, I don't think I can blame it all on her sickness. I do think that we do have this bit of attitude that is going to start coming through. So I do think it's more so that this is the start of it. And it was just amplified as she wasn't feeling well. Maybe it's still there. But uh, look, we would love to hear also, uh, we'll come back to it next week, what you actually do if you do have some attitude. It's still a good talking point. I think, and do you know what? I think I'm definitely heading into that. So those of you with multiples around the eight-year-old mark, particularly if they're girls, I'd love to know your tips because I do think the whole boy-girl dynamic is going to be quite different Mm. and that my girl is just the start of the attitude. Now, what about weekly wins, Naomi? Well, for me, it's definitely just watching them work as a team. Just um, last night, we were in the back garden having a bit of a play. We're lucky it's nice and warm up here still next time like you, so we can still spend a fair bit of time in the back garden. Um, and they were just building an obstacle course all around the garden. And they really worked as a twin, as like the twin team thing was coming out. And it was like, okay, you do this. And they don't even need to talk to each other sometimes. They just manage to just do what they need to do. Oh, that's so beautiful. I can't wait till yeah. they get to that stage. Hours are just fighting oh, over everything. <laughs> no. Oh, don't get me wrong, they fight well as well, but gee, they work well together. That's awesome. That is great. And what about you? My weekly win is something that actually just happened last night and uh, because we've got 90% of the way through, well, probably 75% of the way through toilet training, the one thing I haven't had been game enough to do is try overnights yet. Um, and one of our little boys definitely isn't ready, but one of our other ones was, I was like, I've actually run out of pull-ups. I only had one left and silly me didn't have time to go to the supermarket yesterday. So I thought I'd take the risk on our little man who has had the occasional dry night and he made it through. Oh, so it, it's a tiny little win, but as anybody who's gone past that stage knows, it's a huge hurdle. And anybody who's about to get into that stage, hang in there because I never thought I'd get through toilet training with these two. I remember about 12 months ago sitting there crying, going, they're two and a half. They should be starting to take an interest. Well, here we are at three and a half and they've got there on their own. So, yeah, it's a really big milestone, a little win, but made me smile. Oh, that is not a little win. That's a massive win. Oh, this has been so much fun. It has indeed. I can't wait. What are we going to talk about next week? Well, I'll tell you what. Next week we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the changes in your body during pregnancy. And a big thing that's happened in my life, and I know that you've been through this as well, and something that we really want to get stuck into, and that is we actually had our very first NDIS assessment. And uh, we're going to talk through that process, the hurdles that you hit and how challenging it can be. I'm looking forward to hearing about that because now, I think we'll be heading down that route. Yeah, look, and now don't forget to head to our Facebook page. Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. It's been awesome. We'll catch you guys next week. Can't wait for it, Nick. Looking forward to it. It's Talking Twins and More with Nick's and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com.